Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself Podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. excited to share this conversation with Liana today with you. I am really, really passionate about understanding all facets of mental and emotional health. And I think having this conversation on digital wellness is so important because it really highlights us because it really asks us to look at our relationship with our phone with technology, with social media. The digital space is so relatively new that we are not even fully aware of the impact it is having on our psyche, our mental, our emotional health on our lives. And I think this conversation today is really all about helping you understand how to have a better relationship with your phone, with social media, with technology, and really incorporate digital self-care and wellness into our lives. Because everyone who lives in the first world countries, all of our lives are affected by media in some sort, by technology in some sort. And I think it's really important to open this conversation and ask ourselves, how are we in relationship with these technologies with social media and our phones and what is the impact it is having on us. So today I'm talking to Liana, who is the founder of TTYL NYC, which is the next self-care movement of the 21st century. And she really talks a lot about digital wellness, about putting our phones down and building that face-to-face human connection. So in today's episode, we're going to explore what human connection is, how to set boundaries with our phone, how to prioritize ourselves, how to practice self-care in the digital space, in the digital consumption that we're always in all day long. And this conversation is going to be eye-opening, expanding, and help you explore your relationship with your phone and social media. So before we dive in, I would love it if you take a moment and leave a review for the podcast. It really, really helps the podcast get into the ears of more listeners and spread the messages and the transmissions I share with you in this podcast. I appreciate that. And now let's dive into today's conversation with Liana. So today I am talking to Liana and I'm so excited to dive into conversation with you today and learn all things about digital wellness and human connection and really taking care of ourselves while we're using digital media. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So let's start with diving into some questions so I can get a little to get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, what is a few words you would use to describe yourself? Mm. Uh, that's a really good starter question. Um, I would say ambitious, um, 
caring, um, I guess helpful and caring are the same. Fun. Mm-hmm. I think I'm funny and hum- humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and joyful. Mm. I get that. You have a beautiful smile. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay, this is another fun question. What's your sun, moon, and rising? Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. I always forget. Um, I mean, I'm a Leo. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, it's on my website, which is, like, so funny. And I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> um, just give me one second. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, my mouse is, like, going to work right now. Okay. I am a Leo sun, Capricorn rising, and Cancer moon. Ooh, that's fun. Do you understand I, astrology a little bit? I'm super into astrology, but like I, I, it's funny because like other podcast people have asked this, so I should probably just memorize it at this point. Um, but everyone thinks it's, whenever I say Cancer, they're, they're yeah. always like, oh, that makes a lot of sense or like that's yeah. interesting. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I like that because I have I have a Capricorn moon. Oh, cool! And a Sagittarizing. Okay. It's interesting. That's really cool. Okay, so now that we know a little bit about you, let's just dive into. I want to know what got you into doing what you're doing with the yeah. whole movement, with everything that you're doing. Like, what sparked all of this? Sure. Um, so when I was growing up, um, my parents were very healthy tech before that was really a thing. And I wasn't allowed to watch TV during the week or learn how to play video games or anything like that. So I really had to use my creativity and imagination from a young age. And I think that really fostered my, my drive and passion towards the arts and entertainment. And I went into a career in theater and loved creating a a story for people. I went into directing and loved, um, you know, having the vision, the overall vision of the story and portraying it through these actors and getting the emotion out of them and having the audience walk away with this shared experience was something that I absolutely loved. So after I graduated, um, we were actually on vacation and that's what sparked my idea. It was like probably a week or two after graduation and I just had I was having FOMO, you know, fear of missing out of my, my friends and family back home. You know, social media had really blown up when I was in college and I definitely felt the addictive natures of it, like a lot of people my age, but I hadn't grown up that way and was frustrated with this kind of um, clash that I had with the world of creativity and the world of technology and what that meant for me. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to kind of have this space where people could go and check their phone and just reconnect to themselves and play board games and color and play-doh and um, the idea kind of stemmed as a kind of speakeasy cafe idea and has since grown into this pop-up community movement um, dedicated to human connection. Mm. So let me ask you the question what what does human connection mean to you and if you could explain that to somebody what would that what would that look like or feel like? Yeah, I think for me, the most important thing about human connection is that that physical and emotional connection that you have with someone. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are feeling tech fatigued right now because 
we're just all on these Zoom calls and, you know, we might see that as connection, but it really, it just lacks so many elements. Um, and as much as, you know, I can see you right now and, and look at your face and everything, I can't see the rest of your body and I can't know, you know, the angle of someone's body, um, those little facial reactions and notes just really add to the ebb and flow of a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, just the physical touch and just the inflection of your voice and the emotion of it. So there's so many levels of that connection. But I think obviously the most important thing is that it's just you and the other person or the other people. Mm -hmm. And there's not, you know, an added element of technology. So I think the difficult part about, you know, over Zoom is just that it is over technology. And you, that takes the human out of it, right? Mm -hmm. It might be, it's connection. And that's why they call it social connection, but it's not human connection. Yeah, I resonate with that a lot because um, personally for myself, when I have to meet somebody over the internet like this, there's a lot more uh, anxiety or nervousness or a sense of um, unease within me versus when I'm just meeting somebody in real time and face to face, we can shake hands, I can look at them in the eye and like get a feel for their energy, their presence. It's so different how I feel when I'm in those different spaces of connecting with somebody. Yeah. And there's a sense of comfort there. Yeah. That isn't there on digital in the digital space. Yeah. I resonate with that as well. And I think you, I'm even thinking about, you know, like online dating and how your perception of someone online can be so different from when you meet them in person. I mean, that's happened to me so many times and it's just so interesting. You know, you, sometimes you have to go outside of your comfort zone when it comes to visual attraction, because mm -hmm. you just don't know what that person's going to be like mm -hmm. when you meet them face to face. And there's this, you know, you're talking about this like excited, n this nervousness that you have over the online portion, but there's such a different nervous excitement when you're about to meet someone yeah. in person. Like the stakes are somehow like they're obviously heightened and maybe higher because you're, if you're meeting someone for the first time or going to an event or something like that, but there's such an added adrenaline rush mm -hmm. with that, you know, the whole getting ready, what are you going to wear? How to, how to impress this person or these other people. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's much lower when you're, online. Yeah, I resonate with that as well. Um, damn it, I had a question that came to my mind. Oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> authenticity. This brings, this brings up authenticity to me because when you're on digital media, like, so, like Instagram, for example, like I think the whole element of authenticity is so blurred mm -hmm. because you can put an image of yourself out there that is how you want people to perceive you. Have you, have you noticed what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love the word authenticity. Um, I know it's been like a buzzword recently, but I will never forget. Uh, I did this for a while and I would have words of the year. Like I would associate a word with every week and I did it a lot in college. Um, and my senior year, I literally wrote out the word, like I, colored it. I wrote out the word authenticity and put it on my wall and it stuck with me ever since. Um, and recently, just on a personal note, I kind of, speaking of social media and all that, I did kind of an overhaul of my personal Instagram page um, towards the end of last year and decided, you know, 
what I was doing in the digital wellness space wasn't being reflected on my personal page and how could I bring those two worlds together. Um, so I've really, since, you know, I follow, I purge my following. I don't really follow any influencers or any of those people anymore and really wanted to follow people that were also posting really awesome content and being really authentic. And I started to share more of who I am and more of my world. And, um, you know, it wasn't for the likes. It was, I never, it never is for me, but like purely because I want people to know that they should feel comfortable to share more about themselves. And since doing that, I mean, I felt better about my Instagram account and going on there and like who I follow and what content I see, but also, you know, I've like, ironically, my following has increased because other people resonate with what I'm having to say versus, you know, posting this cute pic and saying like, felt cute, might delete later or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just the, that, that recycled content that we see on social media now, people are sick of it. Mm-hmm. And I think right now with the world's kind of, you know, there's so much happening right now on social media. There's the news and the virus and politics and, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, I think we're in such an important time to be authentic and to tell our communities and our, our people how we feel and, and what's going on. You know, I think it's so important to just be real right now mm-hmm. and not shy away from that. Yeah. And I, I see it. I see Instagram. Um, that's the platform I use the most. I see it for me. I've seen it always as a education tool personally for my work and uh, a way of self-expression because um, for me, I know having built a business online and being in this online space for over five years now, the thing that I want people to feel when they come to any of my social media sites or website or YouTube channel or whatever is that you're welcomed and you're understood and you're allowed to be who you are here. Mm. And authenticity plays such a big role in my life in my own life too and I I I really like that you brought up the fact that I see social media like especially Instagram has become such an echo chamber mm. of just people regurgitating content because it's I think it's a way to stay relevant and it's a way to stay up to I guess like the new thing that everyone's talking about. And I know specifically with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I felt a lot of people felt pressured to talk about it, to share it, to, you know, to to participate in it. But if it wasn't coming from an authentic place and you were just doing it because that's what you had to do to fit in, otherwise people would think that you were somehow not doing your part, especially if you were a white person. I didn't like... I personally didn't like that the way it was being framed. Mm. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but (laughs) no, I, yeah, I, I totally hear you. I think there was a pressure to post. And if you didn't post, you know, you, if you posted, you were ridiculed for doing something wrong in your post. And then if you didn't post, people were like, do you not support the movement? And you were ridiculed for that. And it was, I mean, you know, that's, this is a whole nother conversation, but I am on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And I, I personally just, I personally, for me, how I did it, I just, I knew for me, it was not about me getting involved and sharing my opinion and my, my viewpoints. 
for me is all about education and learning. And I didn't need to do that publicly. Yeah. And I also feel like just going back to what you were saying about, you know, just the regurgitated information on Instagram and um, kind of reminds me of fast fashion sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like going into a Forever 21 or Urban Outfitters store and you just see the same quote, you, you know, don't, you know, you're perfect just the way you are. And it's funny because even though there are a lot of those accounts, they're trying to make you, you know, self-improvement, positivity accounts um, out there. They're all using the same content and it just ends up being this, it, it lessens its value. Mm-hmm. You know, I follow a lot of those on my business account and it's just, it gets so monotonous after a while. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it just loses, it loses its, its fashion, you know, its style. Yeah. So there is this, um, a mentor of mine and something I believe as well is that everybody's their own channel. It's like, it's, are you tapped into your mm-hmm. channel? Right. Cause everyone is a wise evolved soul. Everyone is tapped into infinite knowledge. Everyone is, oh, everyone is, everybody is a channel of information of something that they're here to give to the world. And I believe that if you aren't nurturing your own channel and your own vessel, the the messages that are supposed to come through you will not, will not come through you. And what we do in social media is we just tap onto other people's channels and kind of ride this wave instead of honoring our own channel and what's trying to come forth through us. So I love that you did that for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and bringing yeah. this whole entire new conversation into the whole digital wellness and um, a new form of self-care in a way. Yeah. Um, that's, that, yeah. Cause it's I like, know. it's nothing that we've ever had to think about before in the history of the world. It's true. So, it's true. cause there's so there's, there's, and I didn't, and you know, it's like, you don't really think about there's, there's, there's this whole entire new way of taking care of herself, but it's like the self-care that's, so I, I really believe our mental health and social media are so linked, right? And it does have an impact. And so personally, I know I have like a blackout day every week where mm. I just, my phone is in the drawer and I don't touch it. I don't do anything. I don't go on anything. And I know that's like a reset for me and I feel so clear. So I want to talk a little bit about like how we can use, how we can take care of ourselves. Like what, what would self-care look like? when we're so everybody's on their phones and computers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I think, especially right now, um, a lot of what I've been talking about is during this time, it's just like how to reconnect to ourselves in a time of such disconnection. It's, it's really difficult, but it's all about a lot of it is just self-control related. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's going to be hard to just stay off social media. That's, you know, that's not easy. Um, but you know, what it really comes down to is just controlling your use and controlling the time that you spend on it and replacing some of those pockets of your day with other things. Uh, what I recommend is, you know, to really set up a routine and a schedule for yourself. And if that means scheduling in your social media time, so be it, you know, you might need to do that. And that's, you know, that's okay. I think it's better to schedule in, you know, 30 minutes a day, maybe you break it up throughout the day or, you know, all at once and at one in one sitting versus having the option to just constantly go to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever throughout the day. I think if you start to instill that habit in yourself over time, it will will become second nature. 
And uh, another big tip that I tell people is to not use your phone as an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big one. I have an analog alarm clock that I wake up to every morning and leave your phone you know, in a drawer or charging across the room or even outside your bedroom. That's, that's the best option. Um, and to replace your phone, if you have your phone on your end table, replace it with something analog. So replace it with a book, replace it with knitting, like whatever that thing is that you want to do. Um, it'll just kind of, whenever you feel that urge to reach over that, that activity has replaced it. And whenever you are like, Oh, where's my phone? You have to actually get up and walk somewhere to get your phone. It's just going to make you think before you actually pick it up and realize, Oh, maybe I Mm -hmm. don't doing this right now. Um, and yeah, definitely recommend not immediately scrolling when you wake up and spending time before you go to bed doing something without a screen really helps just improve your sleep because that's a huge thing people say is oh I'm not sleeping well or or whatever and it's you know blue light is really not good for our eyes and um it keeps us up at night and so does you know endlessly scrolling and trying to always see what's what's next and what's going on and keep in the know it's just it ends up being really overwhelming and anxiety inducing. Yeah. Um, as you're speaking, it reminds me of, I think in order for us to even become aware of how we want to have that kind of relationship, it's actually a relationship with your phone, with media. I think it's fair enough to say that we would need to question why we were doing what we're doing. Yeah. Why we want to change these habits because I think so many of us, it's just normal. It's what we're used to. And I think for me, when I started to realize the impact it had on my mental health more than anything, you know, it's the stories of comparison, the stories of I'm not doing enough, the stories of this is how it needs to look, this is how it needs to be you know, aesthetics, whatever. I, when I realized that it was making me feel worse about myself than it was actually making me feel better. And then the other thing was when I opened my phone up and you can see the screen time on your phone and it'll tell you how many hours a day you're spending on your phone. And I was like, this is absurd. It was like, at one point it was like seven hours or something. And I was like, this is absurd. Like, what am I doing on my phone? And you would like look at the apps and tell you how many time, how many, um, how much time you were spending on each app. Mm-hmm. I think when I started to piece all that together, it was like, okay, no, like this is not healthy. And I think even before we dive into ways you can take care of the way you relate to your phone and the re- way you re- have the relationship with social media, I think it's really have, setting an intention for yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Right? What's the benefit from it? Yeah. Did you, did you feel like you had to have that conversation with yourself? Yeah, I think it was, I, I, well, the reason when I first came up with my idea, I think the first thing I did was, you know, I, I thought it was a really good idea. And then when I first, you know, was going into the workforce, I realized this is really unprofessional for me to take out my phone all the time and take a Snapchat, Snapchat of myself to a friend or something. So I would, I kind of trained myself to leave my phone in my bag when I was at work as much as I could. And then later that year, I went on a digital detox myself for five days, you know, besides email or text or whatever, but it was liberating. And I just knew right then and there that if I felt so much better, just not even 
not even the fact that I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel so attached to it anymore, but it was more so that I felt like I got my life back Mm -hmm. and I felt that my productivity increased Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do more creative things. You know, I started to realize, I mean, even now, like if I'm reading, if I'm in this book that I'm in the flow of it, all I want to do is read that book. But then the second I finish, I'm like, oh, I should catch up on some TV. And then I just get into this spiral of watching hours and hours of TV. So it just, you know, continuing to stimulate yourself and in with analog things is just, it ends up being so much more rewarding at the end of the day. And, you know, I've, I've definitely evaluated that with my activity use. And I went back to like limiting when I watch TV before quarantine, obviously it's different during quarantine, but before this, you know, I was really trying to not watch TV during the week, or if I did, it was only like an episode or two. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I felt like what my parents instilled in me in childhood, just, it can still be the same rule. And sometimes when I do watch TV during the week, even now I'm like, it feel, I feel so guilty or like I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once you start evaluating how you feel and like what it equates for you yeah, um, and really digging deep into, into that relationship. Cause yeah, exactly. It is a relationship. Then you'll start to, you know, change your habits. Yeah. And I think, I think more than anything, it's prioritizing yourself. Yeah. Prioritizing your well being because that comes first, you know, a healthy mind, a healthy state of being a healthy outlook on life really is something that is totally up to you. And I always, you know, tell people is that what are you feeding your mind with? Because mm. that's the environment that's created, that's, that it's creating within you. And then that's your outlook on life. And that's the decisions, behaviors, and the way you're going to move through the world. Yeah. Um, and I know this other thing that came up is it's a way to, I also find it could be a way to, for distraction or avoiding. Mm the things mm-hmm. that you're really dealing with like with your feelings you're feeling and the things and the emotions like kind of it's an avoidance and distraction yes right and it's a way to keep the mind busy so you don't have to really deal with your own stuff that's in your space that you need to actually look at heal and move through yeah I think a big thing for me especially during this quarantine has been um really reconnecting to my intuition and my mm-hmm. and my gut and it's been really hard sometimes. And I think, you know, I'm a very social person. I'm, I'm very much an extrovert. So being isolated and and socially isolated in itself has been very difficult, but then having to sit in my own thoughts and silence a lot has been a true test for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not a big meditation person, although I do love yoga. Um, but sitting still is, is not easy. And I, I've taken up more journaling during this time. I used to journal a lot when I was younger and I'm now just filling my notebook with pages and pages of thoughts. And, um, it's been a really therapeutic process for me to just evaluate what's going on and how I'm feeling. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big like people pleaser as well. So it's been, you know, realizing I can't really always please everyone and I need to do what's right for me and always, exactly, always prioritize myself. And, um, you know, I've been using some artistic outlets. I've been collaging some for some things and um, just finding ways in which I can use different outlets to unleash like 
my feelings and my emotions in a really healthy way um, because as much as I can turn to my phone, I don't want my phone to become my hobby. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's like a lot of people are feeling right. They don't realize, but if you're spending, you know, after work hours on your phone, your phone is essentially your hobby. It's your hobby, your yeah. hobby. Social media is becoming your hobby. And people, you know, what happened to going to, to like, you know, when you're in school, you know, you had after school clubs or, you know, theater or whatever, you know, I went to rehearsals or you go to baseball practice or whatever it is. And it should be the same when we're adults, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's not a club, but maybe you practice your Italian every day or, you know, or you journal after work or, you know, just, I think having you use, you know, you commute home and then it's like, why not do something else? Right. I like that you said, don't let your phone become your hobby. I think it needs to I know, go I like, like, that too. like, I need to put that in like an Instagram post or something. Or like a bumper <laughs> sticker or something. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Just um, that's really good. I, I, I really like that you said that because uh, that you said that during this time you've been in more, it's allowed you to hear your own voice and heighten your own intuition and learn more about yourself. And I think just the way the nature of the world is and the way that we're so engaged with digital media and our phones and computers and there's so much stimulus all around us. I think so many of us are so out of touch with our intuition because, you know, we're always letting outside noises come in and then we're not aware of what our own voice or our own self sounds like. So I think it's this disconnect to reconnect with yourself And then, you know, all the ideas, your inspirations, creativity, you know, your gifts, what you're here to do on the planet is all going to surface and make itself aware. And and like really cultivating that. I think it's just it's disconnecting from media. Social media is just a great way to connect and nurture your relationship with yourself. And I like that you shared how it's how it's changed your relationship with you because of limiting and being really disciplined with it. Yeah, no, that was beautifully said. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it for me, it, I really trained myself as well to just view Instagram and any social media as just a business tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a lot easier said than done, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, you just kind of have to put on that mindset all the time and you're not really going on it to be social. I don't, I don't know. There are some, so many times when I just even miss my friend's posts and have to go back and just, you know, Oh, I realize I missed all your posts and like awkwardly like all their posts like weeks later. Cause I'm just not on it for that reason anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me a lot when it comes to managing because I limit the time I spend on my accounts. So like I'll spend, you know, 15 minutes on this account, 15 minutes on this account, like increasing my engagement, um, per day. And that's, you know, minimal compared to the amount of times I could spend scrolling aimlessly without, you know, without reason. Um, and of course, you know, I'm not perfect. Like there are times when I go to my phone and just open it willy nilly, like whatever. And, but then I, I think the, the next part of your journey into digital wellness and what that is, is 
realizing like immediately noticing that you went to it and why you went to it and asking yourself that question. I think mm. that's when the journey becomes difficult is, and, and when you become more advanced is when you go to the, these apps and you start scrolling and you think, wait, why am I here? What am I doing? What yeah. do I really need to be doing right now that I'm avoiding? What am I actively avoiding? Um, I find myself that happens to me and that's happened to me a lot during this time. Cause I think, you know, obviously we have like ample time on our hands and I'm trying to fill it to the best of my ability, but there are times when I just first time I'm like losing track and I'm like, wait, what's on my to-do list or yeah. do I have, yeah. there are a lot of times when there's not really anything going on and I just have to find something to fill my time. So, but then, you know, it's, it's, a, that's interesting um, space we're in now because I think right now we actually have the time to fill with creative things, but those things take more effort and, and, and thinking, and we have the easy way out, which is Netflix and, you know, Instagram and all those things. We can just go and be mindless, but Mm -hmm. at the end of that binging session, it leaves us feeling so empty. So I think asking yourself before you get to that point, is this going to bring me joy or how is this going to make me feel at the end? Yeah. So as you were saying, some questions started to pop in my mind, um, which was, are you going, let's just use Instagram because I think so many people use Instagram more than any other platform. Are you going on Instagram to be social, which is literally to go engage and comment and like, and really participate in the conversation mm-hmm. in the, in the expression of somebody that you're following, or are you going to just scroll? Yeah. I think there's a difference between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be social? Or are you going to, sc- are you going to go scroll? And I think 90% of the time when we use Instagram, we're there to just scroll. Mm-hmm. We're not really there to be social, which is defeating the purpose of it. That's kind of what it was designed for. So I actually have this thing where I'm allowed to scroll, but I also have to allocate time where I'm being social, interacting and engaging with people's posts. Yeah. And that to me feels more, I don't know why, but for me, when I take time to comment on someone's post, not like a little heart emoji or like a little, like, this is great, but like really a meaningful, thoughtful comment, it makes me feel more connected to that person and make, and it shows it, it's like my way of supporting and loving what that person is sharing or doing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I do that, it actually makes me feel better. Yeah. Versus drain me or deplete me. So I think that differentiation was what is what came up in my mind is really check in is am I just scrolling or am I actually being social, which is engaging, participating. The other thing that came up for me was um, checking in with yourself before you go on social media, how you're feeling and checking out, checking with yourself after, so after being on social media, how you're feeling. And I think knowing that will really help you understand if this is really adding value to me or is this really just a drain of energy and time and time spent that I could be giving to myself and feeling and improving and working on myself or the things that I'm passionate about, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just so much that we, 
we limit ourselves in so many ways by just always having access to the online world. Right. And there's so much good that we have on from the online world and, and there's cons, you know, there, there's pros and cons to everything in life. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's difficult to kind of say, oh, it's all bad because exactly to your point, you know, if social media has the word social in it, then it has to be good for something. Something, We're supposed to be on it to connect with people. And, but again, like back to the beginning, you know, it's not that human connection. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a form of connection and it will make you feel better for a few seconds. You know, it does release endorphins. It was designed that way. But at the end of the day, the, the feeling you get from face-to-face interaction with a friend or a loved one will, even if you're only with them for two hours, that feeling will last, you know, way longer than that feeling you get from Instagram scrolls. Yeah. And it's this feeling of like, you're filled up. It's this like fullness feeling that you get rather than this empty feeling. Yeah. Right. Um, it's interesting you say that because I got connected to you through social yeah. media so it does have its pros it's it it's just it's like we need to be in charge of the relationship we have with it and we need to set mm-hmm. the boundaries we need to make the rules yes. and standards for how we're going to participate and be in relationship with it not the yeah. other way around yeah you know if and that I'm, if yeah. that means turning off your notifications turn off your notifications but it's like i think i think for me it was really helpful in asking myself the question, how do I want to be in relationship with my phone and social media? Then I get to set the, set the rules here. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I love that you said the word boundaries because that's a huge thing for me too. And I think to tell other people is that creating those boundaries is just, it's going to help you more than you know just by setting, like, is it setting time limits? Is it, Mm. you know, like I even have a boundary with certain friends where I'm like, I'm not going to answer you after this hour. And they just know that. Um, And if I do, it's like a rare occurrence, but I, I just usually don't check my phone after a certain time or before a certain time of day. Um, I won't bring my phone to meals. You know, I think there's like, I won't bring my phone on walks with me. Um, I think having pockets of, you know, if a full phone free day or digital detox week is scary to you, I think starting small or just implementing little activities during your day where you just say no phones, no tech, you know, I think meals and morning time and nighttime and walks, like those are easy things that you can incorporate into your day and easy boundaries that you can make with your technology because those are things where you're just so actively engaging with yourself. You know, like when you wake up, you're so, you're evaluating how you feel. You're, you're sitting like, am I a little groggy? Am I whatever? And you won't, if you immediately go to your phone, you just will be off the rest of the day because you started your relationship you let that in too soon. Mm -hmm. And the same with like your meals, you know, that's a sacred time for you to nourish your body to go outside and go for a walk. That's, that's time for you to connect to nature Mm -hmm. and connect to your body as well. And in in a physical way. So, um, 
you know, just realizing like what you need more nourishment of and separating yourself from tech during those things. Yeah. So set boundaries and they can, they can be reflective and catered to you and your lifestyle. Yes. Yes. That's so important. Um, So here's a question that came up that I want to ask you is what are a few things we can do to check in with ourselves before we start engaging with social media? That's a good question. Um, To start building that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you should ask yourself, you know, like just simple, simply, how are you feeling? I think if you're in a somewhat confused or frustrated or any of the negative emotion Mm -hmm. states, you should probably just not engage. Um, I would say just give yourself some time. Maybe think sometimes we just think, Oh, we're in a bad mood for no reason, but maybe it's just because we're hungry or we're thirsty. There are sometimes it's really crazy, but sometimes people just spend so much time on technology that, or they get so wrapped up in what they're doing that they forget the simple human motions of, of the day. Like, right. you know, drinking enough water, eating enough, you know, all those things. I think we get so wrapped up in these digital worlds that we forget that the one we're existing is the one that we need to take care of most. Um, so yeah, just evaluating like what your bot, where your body's at, where your mind's at, how you're feeling. And I think, you know, what, what do you want to gain out of this? Like what, what's your exact, I think your your intention point is perfect, perfectly stated. Um, you know, going in with an intention, are you, are you going into scroll or are you going in to socially engage? I think those are two great questions to ask when you get onto the app. Um, how long do you want to spend on it? I think having a time limit, even literally even setting a timer on your phone, Um, I know a lot of people do this for just regular tasks. Like if you're doing the Pomodoro method or something. So I would say even setting a timer for see five minutes, honestly, five minutes is a long time. And you'll probably realize, wow, that was, I don't want to be on this anymore. That was too long. Um, and just start there and see where that takes you and, you know, ask, have you been on it before today? Like, do you want to go on it again? Are you, yeah, just, is this going is going on it a second time going to bring me anything right. or am I like specifically checking on something? Yes. Um, I think, you know, I don't have any notifications on any of my social media on my phone. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have to open the app if I want to check on something, check up on something that someone sent. Like I reach out to a lot of people in the messages um, for, you know, coming to like come to my event or this is happening or something like that. So for me, like I like to check periodically if an event is coming closer, but you know, if you know that there's not really anything going on and you're messaging, if you're really just going on to check how many likes or comments you have on a post that you recently did, you can do that tomorrow, you know? Um, but I think it's the same, you know, use it as like the texting, text messaging platform. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say those are some, yeah, that's probably what you need to do to evaluate and then afterwards yeah i would say the same thing you know kind of maybe do that for a week and then reflect on sunday or whatever and say i always say like sunday is a good time to reflect if you're trying to change your Mm -hmm. habits with technology 
And the same way, you know, you're setting up your next week, you're looking at your schedule ahead and seeing what events you're attending or dinner dates you have friends or, you know, going grocery shopping and making your meals. You can also say, okay, I did the X, Y, you know, look at your screen time on your phone, say I I spent this much time doing on Instagram. I did this, did what I, what I did last week. Did it work? How did I feel about it? You know, just takes like five minutes to write down some thoughts, some bullet points in your journal, whatever, and then maybe tweak, tweak some things and see what works. And eventually you'll get into a habit of, of seeing, okay, spending 10 minutes a day on social media works for me. I'm going to always do that, you know, and it'll, yeah, just become second nature. Yeah. And this reminds me of like kind of building a journaling practice with your use with technology and then see the, see the pattern. And like, if you could write down like your mood that day and how many hours you were on your phone that day and what apps you used the most that day and then how you felt that way. I mean, how you felt afterwards and you kind of did that every day for like, let's say a week or two, you would notice the pattern. And that's, I think would be a great way to build awareness too. Um, Something that you said, which I thought was something we should probably dive into because I'm so curious is checking it for validation seeking Mm. right because that is I think that is such a big part of why I think we go on our phones so much Mm. yeah no I love that I'm gonna write I love that validation seeking I'm gonna write that down I want to write something about that um yeah I just think a lot of times you know we need to find other forms of validation in our lives because we're social creatures and we like to be validated and we like to receive positive feedback. Um, and social media was designed in a way that it, you know, the, this endless scroll and the idea that it has likes and comments that actually releases an endorphin rush for us and, and dopamine, but it's super small. Um, it's very small doses because it's instantaneous versus something that, you know, it satiates or it lasts longer, it lingers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's funny because I'm actually, I'm taking the happiness course from Yale and a lot of what they talk about in this course is that they, they've done studies where, or the teacher has evaluated studies that were done um, where people if they're, let's say they're given like their favorite meal and, you know, there's a group that eats it all at once and just devours it and walks away. And then there's a group that eats half, does something else, and then comes back to it. Mm -hmm. And they find that the people who let something linger, that feeling of joy and, you know, abundance and happiness will just last imminently longer. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing with, with your phone, you know, by slowly like looking at it, it will give you like a short rush, but if you open it constantly and just like devour it on a continuous basis, it's not, it, it's just not going to give you that, that rush in the same way as if you open it and like, you'll obviously get one big rush when you see all those likes, 
Um, but it's not going to be the same as if you spend less time on it periodically mm-hmm. rather than a lot of time on it at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, kind of going on a bit of a tangent here and I'm like trying to make a point, but I don't know if I made it. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is um, by spending less time on social media, you're just going to feel more validated by external things and by spending more time enjoying and, and really relishing in the outside world. Um, that's just really going to help you, um, just connect more to yourself Mm -hmm. and it's gonna, it will give you that, that rush if you, you know, there are just so many other things that can give us endorphin rushes, Mm -hmm. um, literally puzzles or board games and things like that, that take time and practice. Um, what? I said Sudoku. Yeah. 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 Like all of those like games and, and mind activities, those are actually do give you endorphin rushes, Mm -hmm. but a lot of us just gravitate towards our phone. Um, because it just, it's easy and it's right there and it'll give you that, but it's short lasting. And like, even if you, you look at it over time, or if you look at it all at once, like it's going to give you the same amount each time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that it's never actually going to completely ever fill you up ever. Like it's never, cause it's, it can never do that ever. Yeah. Right. And so this kind of reminds me of when you get a, a praise or recognition or some sense of positive encouragement or positive word of affirmation from someone on your Instagram versus in real life, notice how it, you, you experience it differently. Yeah. And that effect is actually more sticks with you throughout the day, maybe throughout the rest of your life versus that quick hit from somebody on social media. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying notice how it impacts you differently and how it stays with you longer versus when you get that recognition from somebody on social media for something you posted. Yeah. You're like, okay, on to the next. I need another one now. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That's kind of what it reminded me of. It it has like a quick release versus a slow long out release that you're like literally marinating it and it's like becomes a part of you yes that was much more eloquently said than my (laughs) long-winded answer yeah that is exactly it's that quick fire like okay got that one two three like cool um but then it's over and then what Mm -hmm. you know versus just letting something build up over time. Like when you're building that puzzle, you're seeing your result visually every time you walk past it every day. And then you get to come back to it and add on and come back and add on until you get closer and closer and closer and see it building out. There's so much, so there's such a bigger reward for that. Right. And then I, I also think what you're doing at that point is you're taking the validation seeking from it being something that's externally sourced and you're making it something that you're going to start to give to yourself mm. and you take that power back. Yeah. Cause I know for me, that was the game that I was in for a long time with my social media accounts was I'm doing this to get a reward. Right. And I'm not getting that reward. And then it would 
all the feelings of inadequacy would surface. And when I realized that, no, it's actually something that could never, ever happen from anybody else because it would just be a bottomless pit. I would never reach the bottom of this. Yeah. Versus. Yeah. No, no, no. Go for it. Oh, go ahead. I want to, I want to know what you have to say. Oh no. I was just going to say, I think just your point, like, I think a lot of people think, oh, okay, I need to get more followers. I need Mm -hmm. to get more likes. And, and you know, yes, that increases your exposure. That may be true, but I think rather than wanting to get to that next number, just because you want to like show off or Mm -hmm. be this, you know, influencer type person, it's, I want to expand my message. Right. I want to get my mission out to the world. I want to get my, I want my, more people to know about my community, you know, put spinning it so that your, your, like your intention to get those, like, yes, if your end goal is to get X amount of followers, why ask yourself why, right. you know, if it's that will switch your mindset. Also when you're creating content, it'll make you more authentic. It reminds me of that um, asking yourself the question about this is sustained happiness, not short term happiness. Mm. And you're doing it for, like, what you're doing is always needs to be bigger than you. Otherwise, you'll make it about yourself. Everything is that you do put out into the world will be about you, not about why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, for sure. It, it, it's, yeah. I mean, I think when you're trying to build something, it's, it, it, dep- it depends, I guess, you know, if it's, if you're building a brand, if you, it's for other people, right? It's not about you unless you're very much the face of it, but you know, if it's your, if yeah, yeah, if it's a personal account, I think it should all just be, it shouldn't be for anyone else. Mm-mm. You know, it has to be for yourself because mm-hmm. you can treat Instagram as, as a digital journal, if you will, or mm-hmm. a mood board. Um, and it should be representative of that in you yeah, or not, not to, yeah, not, not the fast fashion. So I heard someone say that you can see your Instagram account as like a booth at a farmer's market. Mm. where you're sharing like your flavors, your, your, what you're cooking, what you're sharing, your, your work, your creativity, and you're just sampling it out to people, whoever want, whoever want it. And that's a way for you to just share your passion, share whatever you want to put on your Instagram. And I love that looking at it as like a little vendor at the marketplace, like at a farmer's market. And I was like, Oh, well, I can just put whatever I want out there and just have anyone who wants to have a taste of it, have a taste of it. And it will, it, and it won't be for everyone. And I think that's also the key here. It's not going to be for everyone. Yeah. I think we, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'll reach the whole world and everyone will like me. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a fine line, I think, with the creation of social media is because everyone thinks that they can be famous in their own right. And we ha- all have the ability to now, you know, you walk down the street and you see, you know, you could see a celebrity and you could see an influencer and they both hold the same power in your head um, versus, you know, less than 10 years ago, the only things we cared about were things in People magazine. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, it's such an interesting, there's such an interesting standard that we're held to is that we, 
we have the potential to be that and it's free. Mm -hmm. It's accessible and it's there all the time. But in the reality, it's like, even if you're making an Instagram just for yourself or, or, you know, any social account just for yourself and you're creating content, that content is only going to reach a certain amount of people people because of what you're posting and what you're talking about. You know, someone who has a lifestyle brand versus, you know, funny TikTok videos, those are two very different people and they're not going to reach the same audience. But, you know, if you are consistent and all the things that social media managers talk about, if you do all that stuff, you will eventually build a good, a good following and you'll have a community, but it takes time to find your authentic voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every follower is a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's not just a number on your screen. It's an actual living, breathing person with their own life, with their own beliefs, with their own perspective of things. And I think when you, when you numericalize a person to just a digit on some app, you lose complete humanity of it. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, I have only 900 followers, but it's like, but it's 900 people. Like, imagine getting up on stage and 900 people were talking, you're talking 900 people. Like, what? Like, sometimes we have to put it into perspective. Yeah. That would be so interesting if it said 900 people instead of Yeah, into followers, right? And I think think it's done intentionally like that to kind of be a mind-numbing or like a mind mindless thing is part of the algorithm of how it's designed to kind of completely erase any sense of humanity from it completely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even with Facebook, it says friends, right? Yeah. And unfriend. Yeah. Decline, you know, it's normal. It's a person, it's your friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Instagram is a different beast and yeah. they, yeah, they really tapped into that kind of that weird place in your brain where yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I just like want to get more of this thing. thing. Exactly. But you can't get, you can't like accumulate people to yourself and be like, all right, 1 million followers, 1 million people on my side. It's like, these are human beings and you can't, these aren't like people that you can just kind of keep to yourself and they're yours. Yeah. It's, like, it's not a commodity. It's not a product. Yeah. And it feels more robotic that way too. Yeah. There's this added level of like it it, yeah it's just ai related it just makes me think of you know some program or some robot on the other side of the screen and well obviously there we all know about bots and stuff too so there's that issue as well i think a lot with with instagram and and you know more of those other social channels yeah and i think i think just a reframe for me was personally just, it's a person. This is seven people, not seven followers or like, and that was like, Oh, these are people. These are people on the other side of the screen. And that was make, that made it more human. Mm. Yeah. And then that element of human connection can kind of come more into play. Yeah. Um, when you're, you know, when you're speaking to another human being and not just, you know, a follower on the other side of your screen, um, I like that perspective a lot. It changes how you how you post, how you share, how you engage with the platform completely. I mean, it did for me. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So where can people find you? 
Yeah. So my website is ttylnyc.com, um, as is my Instagram handle, TTYL on ttylnyc, and on Facebook. Um, and then uh, my my email is my full name, Liana Pavane at ttylnyc.com. Okay. So all of that will be in the show notes. And my final question to you is something I ask all the guests is, what's something you've learned that has impacted you and changed how you live your life that someone can take away? Mm. Um, oh, well, I'm looking at it right now. My favorite quote, um, it's uh, from The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. That book very much changed a lot of the way I thought and did do things. Um, so I highly recommend that, but it says you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Mm. And I think just that really resonated with me when I realized, you know, I, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I want to do all the things. Um, and I also need to remember to take care of myself and slow down and, and take time to recollect my thoughts. Um, and you know, there are moments when I'm like, oh, but I, you know, I have the ability to like, you know, learn how to do CrossFit and, uh, learn, you know, go skiing and rock climb and all those things. But that's not, those don't bring me joy. Like that's not where my passion lies. So I can do all those things and I could train to do all those things, but I don't have the time, nor do I want to. Mm. So going back to the boundary thing, just know where your boundaries lie in your personal life and your hobbies and what you really want to invest your time doing, because that's, what's going to bring you joy and happiness. Yeah. And I think it really is, is this art of prioritizing yourself and being authentic to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I loved connecting with you and yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you so much.